0: The only thing that's cratering faster than the U.S. economy is Joe Biden's approval rating. The corollary is obvious. An incompetent president and his dim-witted policies have driven our nation to financial ruin with sky-high inflation that's choking the economic life out of average Americans. So naturally, tens of millions of victims are placing the blame exactly where it belongs, in Joe's lap. The latest civics poll daily tracking survey of registered voters gives Joe Biden an abysmal approval rating of 30%. I'd actually love to meet those nutballs who think everything is fine and dandy. Maybe they never have to fill up their gas tanks or shop for groceries. They're either the privileged elite or they've got their heads squarely in the sand. Maybe they somehow believe the rubbish that Biden and his screwball crew in the White House are dishing out every day. On Friday, Biden said, quote, Now look, I know times are tough, prices are high, families are facing a cost-of-living crunch, but my economic plan is moving this country in a better direction. So here's my question. Does Joe think we're as dumb as he is? If so, he's sorely mistaken or delusional. Biden thinks we're moving in a better direction. But 85% of Americans say we're heading in the wrong direction, according to a new AP poll. A Monmouth poll has it at 88% moving in the wrong direction. Now, Joe Biden probably doesn't read polls. He has a tough enough time reading the teleprompter. His press secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre, she's not much smarter. A day earlier, she told the White House Press Corps, quote, We are stronger economically than we have been in history. What history books has she been reading? Cat in the hat? Not history. Business writer Carol Roth reacted to Corrine's twaddle by correctly observing, quote, First quarter GDP was negative. And if the second quarter projection is close, we are in a recession. Pure gaslighting, end of quote. Well, actually, it's worse than gaslighting. Joe Biden and his minions are just plain lying to the American people, and no one is buying it. Except the suck-ups in the press that continue to cover up for Biden's train wreck of a presidency. attorney, Fox News legal analyst, and two-time New York Times bestselling author. This is The Brief with Greg Jarrett. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. If you listen to the mainstream media, and I try not to, they'll tell you that the most important issues in America today and this is in precise order per Rasmussen Reports data, climate change, the Ukraine war, the January 6th investigation, COVID-19, and LGBTQ issues. But faux journalists in Washington, New York corridor, which tend to dominate news coverage, are both hopelessly clueless and riven with a suffocating liberal bias. They haven't the foggiest idea what ails the rest of the country. They're out of touch. They reside in their cozy little bubble where their distorted beliefs bounce around in a reinforcing echo chamber. Reporters have no idea that Americans are struggling to make ends meet. Real people, which necessarily excludes journalists, care about what affects them personally, especially their pocketbooks. Voters say rising gas prices, inflation, the economy, and violent crime are what concerns them the most. So the media isn't even close. They're way out of touch with the people to whom they preach every day. Today's press is utterly oblivious to the fact that after a year and a half of Joe Biden's presidency, Americans are Fed up with his chronic blundering. They've come to realize he's a doddering fool who's unfit to serve the nation's highest office. His disapproval rating hovers at 60% and rising. A full 64% of Democrats, his own party, don't want him to run again. 94% of Democrat voters under the age of 30 want someone else. And the main problem is Joe Biden himself. Every time he opens his yap, he mangles the message. Whenever he shuffles out to the podium to read the words that someone else wrote for him in a teleprompter, he stumbles, fumbles, and mumbles. He's a barely ambulatory catastrophe, a one-man gaffe machine. On Friday, during remarks on abortion, Biden recited verbatim, the stage directions printed in the teleprompter. Take a listen. One of the most extraordinary parts of the decision, in my view, is the majority writes, and I quote, women, it's a quote now from the majority, women are not without electoral or political power. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so, end of quote. Repeat the line. Biden continued as if nothing happened at all. He had no idea what he was saying. He's so far gone, he didn't even realize it. It's a microcosm of his entire presidency, a Ron Burgundy moment if ever there was one. But it got worse. Instead of saying, terminate the pregnancy, he said, terminate the presidency. Well, frankly, that's not a bad idea. Joe Biden is mentally impaired. His intellectual acuity is embarrassingly diminished. He wanders off point, loses his train of thought, gets easily confused, can't seem to remember the names of his own cabinet members. And how many times has he referred to Kamala as president, which is, I suppose, better than thinking that Grover Cleveland occupies the Oval Office, but only slightly better. All the while, the mainstream media keeps offering up excuses for a president who is functionally incompetent. They regard him as their liberal icon, and they keep cheering Joe on. They prop him up like a cardboard cutout. It's no wonder that Americans have come to loathe the press. Crooks and thieves have more credibility, and the media couldn't care less. Joining me now to talk about it is Miranda Devine, popular columnist for the New York Post, who also penned the best-selling book, and you've got to read it, Laptop from Hell, Hunter Biden, Big Tech, and the Dirty Secrets the President Tried to Hide. Uh, It's available at bookstores everywhere across the nation. You can order it online on Amazon or elsewhere. Miranda, thanks for being back with me on the podcast Let's talk broadly a bit about the media. Research data shows the media, and notably those in the White House press corps, are overwhelmingly liberal, and it shows, doesn't it?
1: Hi, Greg. Look, yes, it does. Unfortunately, um, you can see it really in stark contrast with the Hunter Biden story, the handling of it. You know the. of the mainstream media, it was really just the New York Post and Fox News which prosecuted this story properly before the election. Uh, The rest of the media just turned a blind eye and, uh, you know, there was only three weeks before the election when we published the first of our stories about the laptop and about Joe Biden meeting with some of Hunter's overseas business partners, Um, but uh, Joe Biden went to ground, refused to answer questions. That in itself was suspicious. And yet the natural curiosity of the press just never kicked in. Uh, they accepted at face value the dishonest letter written by those 51 former intelligence operatives, which was used by Joe Biden during that last debate as a shield to protect him against the allegations that Donald Trump was making based on our stories, the very damning evidence that was contained in the laptop. And as we now know, um, you know, there was more and more damning evidence and it's still coming out. And so uh, I, I think the media was just proved itself to just behave in the opposite fashion to the way that they had been for the previous four years of the Trump administration. In fact, the minute that Trump declared his candidacy. They just uh, believed any ridiculous story that was thrown in front of them and they printed it uh, with no proper attribution, no proper investigations. Uh, it, so much of it turned out to be a lie, Russia collusion, etc And yet they never really uh, accounted for that. They never showed remorse or or took it back. Uh, and yet when it came to the Joe Biden allegations where there was a lot more evidence They were very prudent about not running away with allegations that they, you know, hadn't looked at themselves. You could almost give them a pass if they had then, after several months, after 18 months having done due diligence, uh, come out and confirm the story was correct. Well, I mean, the New York Times did that. It took them 19 months. But they buried the fact that the laptop was real and that they'd confirmed material on it. They buried that in the 24th paragraph of a story that was, again, running cover for the Biden family.
0: You know, I found this in in my own two books and and writing them on the Russia hoax. Reporters ran wild with stories that Mm. Donald Trump was a Russian asset. They never bothered to corroborate or verify any of the information. None of it was properly sourced which in the end, of course, proved to be utterly phony. They accepted, for example, the fictitious dossier as gospel, even though it was so obviously and demonstrably bogus, it was the worst case of media malpractice. They won pillager prizes for getting the story fundamentally wrong. And when it was exposed eventually as false, no apology, no mea culpa. The media simply moved on to their next contrived scandal. Or in the case of Hunter Biden, they work sedulously to cover up and suppress and censor the story. Uh, you, you know, the press is guilty of learning nothing for their, from their own previous egregious mistakes. Would you agree?
1: I totally agree, and I think even worse. I think the fact that they got away with telling egregious lies during the Trump ca- Trump presidency about the president uh, has given them license to continue on lying. Um, you know, and when I say lying by journalists in August publications, that's what I mean. And I'll take the example of Ron DeSantis's uh, legislation in Florida uh, that came from the state legislature to prevent. Uh, Sort of gender ideology being uh, propaganda being taught to K through I think two little kids and that might have been K through three. Anyway, uh, this is something that no parent would disagree with. All they are saying is don't bring in external consultants to teach children sexually inappropriate material for their age and uh, very minor tweak. And the outrage uh, that greeted that, the lies that were written almost universally across the media, that this was a don't say gay bill. They just took what the activists had said, twisting the reality of the bill to suit their own agenda and to attack Ron DeSantis, and they just reported it uncritically because in their grand narrative, in their meta-narrative, Ron DeSantis bad, Ron DeSantis worse than Trump, Trump bad. So anything that any activist or Democrat or liar says about those people that have been deemed villains in the meta-narrative just goes. It just gets put into the newspaper, aired on television uh, without any questions, without any due diligence. And yet when it comes to legitimate allegations with evidence uh, from multiple sources against Joe Biden, you don't have to just look at the laptop. The laptop's just one piece of the puzzle that adds up to uh, the totality of the influence-peddling corruption that the Biden family, Joe Hunter, his brother Jim, were involved in during Joe's vice presidency. Uh, it's not just the laptop, it's Tony Bobulinski's evidence, his voluminous material that he gave to the FBI documents and emails, WhatsApp messages, uh, and also gave to the media before the 2020 election. Uh, and then there's also the amazing Treasury Department documents that Senators Chuck Grasley and Ron Johnson have uncovered, over 150 suspicious activity reports charting the money trail from China, Russia, Kazakhstan, you name it, into Biden family coffers.
0: Yeah. Um, so the latest information we have uh, is that Joe Biden called his son... Hunter Biden, in late 2018, to talk about a New York Times article detailing the younger Biden's dealings with a Chinese oil tycoon accused of economic crimes. And Joe Biden leaves a message uh, to Hunter, which reads in part, uh, I think you're uh, clear, end of quote. Uh, Does that put a lie to Joe Biden's claim that he knew nothing about his son's overseas business dealings, never talked uh, with his son about them? And is this the, you know, further evidence, mounting evidence of what you've referred to as the Biden crime family? It,
1: It just, it is. On its face, I don't see any other explanation for a voicemail from Joe Biden to his son Referring to this New York Times article in 2018, that was the first time anyone in the media had stumbled into the Biden connection to this Chinese energy company, CEFC, which is not just a company. It is the capitalist arm of President Xi Jinping's Belt and Road Initiative, which is... Uh, the sort of imperialist arm of the Chinese communist state to take over the world, to uh, usurp America as the world's economic superpower, to tie up all these uh, poorer countries or corrupt countries in debt traps. And this was... Uh, the company that the Biden family, including Joe Biden, were in uh, partnership with. And that was the company that we have the document that says 10% for the big guy, which, as Tony Bobulinski confirms, was Joe Biden. So Joe Biden uh, understood all of that. And suddenly the New York Times has discovered that one of the executives of CFC is arrested at JFK Airport. And who is the first person he calls? Jim Biden, Joe Biden's younger brother. Jim Biden then talks to the New York Times and says, oh, I know nothing about that. They wanted to get hold of my son and my nephew Hunter. Now, we know now, thanks to the laptop, that Hunter was paid $1 million to be Patrick O's legal representative or it was a legal retainer, even though he didn't do any legal work for him apart from find a lawyer for him. So Joe Biden understood that there was panic Hunter was panicked, Jim Biden was panicked for months because the New York Times had taken four months to investigate this story and we see Hunter with text messages with his lawyer, we see his mounting panic, he's accusing his partners of talking to the New York Times, he's terrified of that they may uncover the entire dirty deal. And so it was great relief when the story finally came out and there was barely a mention of Hunter or Jim, nothing about Joe. And, um, and they were, they were clear in the clear. Or as Joe Biden said to his son, I think the article is good. I think you're clear. So that means clear of what? That shows Joe Biden had knowledge that Hunter was in trouble and maybe they all three of them were going to be in trouble if the New York Times managed to uncover more and that they were all relieved that that was all that had come out. They were clear. So that just, you know, I don't know what other way you can take that but that Joe Biden had knowledge at the very least of his son's business dealings and yet he has repeatedly lied about it and um, and when when Peter Ducey from <clears throat> Fox News Asked last week, uh, the, uh, the White House press secretary, um, how can, how can you, you kind of resolve the fact that Joe Biden says he doesn't know anything about his son's overseas business dealings. And here he is talking about them on, on this voicemail. And Corinne Jean Pierre just says, not going to talk about it we're not going to talk about any alleged material on the laptop. It's not about the laptop. It's about Joe Biden. And is he compromised? Is he compromised by China because of the tens of millions of dollars that his family has received from China? Um, he, he needs to clear this up. He needs to come clean. He needs to explain. If There may be an innocent explanation, but the longer that he ignores the story, the longer that the White House stonewalls and covers for him, uh, the more that the Treasury Department, for instance, Janet Yellen, tries to obstruct GOP investigations into this money trail, the more suspicious we become and the more uh, concern there is about national security risks to do with particularly China.
0: You know, uh, here we have President Joe Biden's son doing deals as you point out with Patrick Hope convicted of bribery paying Hunter Biden a million dollars doing schemes with Yijian Ming who headed the communist Chinese energy company and he, he's been on the lam he vanished um well, he and, and all of that connected to uh, to documents that show Joe Biden aka the big guy is is supposed to get a 10% cut of of millions of dollars and the media really is paying no attention to it. I and mean, the New York Times in 2018 just sort of superficially uh, looks into it and dismisses it uh, to the relief of, of Joe and Hunter Biden. But the truth is that, that Hunter Biden, as you wrote recently, was deeply embedded in the highest echelons of the U.S. government while his dad was vice president of the United States, exploiting Chinese connections. How... I mean, Joe Biden is now seriously, as you said a moment ago, compromised when it comes to China, which is our adversary. Is that the reason? Do you think that he's gone soft on China during his presidency, taking all kinds of actions that help China, lifting a variety of tariffs that have been imposed by Donald Trump? And all the while, China is financing Vladimir Putin's war on Ukraine.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, uh, Biden um, diverts a million barrels at least of oil from the strategic petroleum reserve, uh, and it goes to a Chinese state owned gas company, Sinopec, according to Reuters, which looked <laughs> it's at the outrageous. Manifest. It's outrageous. And Sinopec is one of the companies that uh, Hunter had invested in through his 10% stake in a Chinese private equity firm called BHR. So um, that's suspicious in itself. Look, I don't know if Joe Biden is uh, so compromised that he is altering US policy towards China. I don't know. Um, But uh, there is that suspicion and, you know, just even the appearance of that he's going soft on China because of his family's entanglements and enrichment um, is damaging. It really is damaging. I mean, it looks like the American presidency is for sale. That is terrible for America's reputation. Um, and so, as I say, somehow the White House and Joe Biden have to allay those fears. He has to come clean and tell us that no, You know, maybe his son, maybe the family was unwise. I don't know what he says. I I can't see. You have to be a pretty smart spin merchant to try and spin this the right way. But anything is better than letting our imaginations run riot. And that's what's happening at the moment. It's really damaging. And the more that they turn away and hide from this story, which is not about Hunter Biden. It is about Joe Biden. It is not just about the laptop. It is about the money trail that is uncovered in Treasury documents. Uh, it is about the testimony of um, Tony Bobulinski. It is all going to come out after the midterm elections when the Republicans, as they have promised, if they take back the House and maybe the Senate, they are going to hold investigations. They will have subpoena power. They will be able to get hold of the documents and, um, it, you know, testimony from uh, all of the people who, well, a lot of the people who've already testified at the grand jury in Delaware where Hunter were expecting Mm -hmm. to be indicted any day. But that that story is coming out. So it's just incomprehensible to me that the White House wouldn't want to, the Bidens wouldn't want to get out ahead of that and try and put their case forward. Uh, I'm sure that the reality isn't as bad as we could imagine. But it might be. The idea that America has sold out the presidency to China is really terrifying Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't understand otherwise um, you know, suspending tariffs on Chinese solar panels, and he has an excuse for that, suspending other tariffs. Uh, he says it's just to help, you know, the economy, but actually economists say it's not going to do anything for inflation. Um, you know, revoking Trump era sanctions against TikTok and Huawei. Disbanding the China Initiative, which was this national security program set up by the Trump administration to combat China's economic espionage at universities, that's inexplicable. Why would you do that? Um, so all of these really baffling decisions, are they made by the permanent bureaucracy, which is you know aligned with Wall Street in going soft on China because they want the money? Or is it something more sinister to do with the Biden family, uh, you know, being on the take? I don't know, but it's just not good enough. And the incuriosity of the media is, um, you know, it's traitorous, really.
0: Yeah. In your most recent column, you write the following. It took a certain bloodless chutzpah. For the president to place his scandal-ridden son front and center at a White House function last week. End of quote. And it happened, as you point out, just as the FBI director had warned about the serious security and economic threat posed by China, which aims to steal our intellectual property and corrupt our politics. It's almost Miranda, as if Joe Biden is daring the U.S. Attorney in Delaware. To indict his son, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. This is the way Joe Biden. This is his MO. He's done this all his life. It's quite a. Uh, it's quite. It, it's quite a smart tactic, actually. Um, when confronted with some, you know, uh, evidence or the fear that allegations that someone's investigating his corruption all through his career, I'm talking about from his earliest days in the Senate, he will turn around face on and he will do this sort of daring move which um, sort of discombobulates his accusers and makes them think, oh, well, maybe he doesn't have anything to hide um, and uh, and it's worked for him all his life. I mean he is a very skilled, uh, I don't know, I mean is it too rude to say con artist because I, I think that's the way he behaves. He is. Con Conman, man. He's a very skilled, he's a very skilled liar. He lies, most people can't do this. He lies just with no shame, no seeming ability to understand that some of the lies are absolutely preposterous. That's um, sort of the myths, the tall tales he tells come into that spectrum of lying. And he sort of gets away with it because people think, oh, that's just Joe. But now he's president. It's not just that's Joe, it actually damages the country, it damages the administration. The administration then becomes, uh, you know, a lying, mendacious place where uh, the people who work for him have to cover up for his lies, they have to uh, uh, prolong the lies. For instance, you look at the story about the um, the horseback border agents in the Rio Grande, now accused of whipping illegal migrants. They didn't do any such thing. But because Joe Biden came out on the strength of a couple of stories and some dishonest media stories, uh, a couple of photos, and he said these people will pay and basically called them racists. These are o- the only people trying to stop this wa- this invasion at the southern border. He vilified them. He demonised them. A long uh, investigation found that they had not whipped anyone. There was not inadvertent whipping. There was not any kind of use of force. And yet, because Joe Biden had made that statement, the Border Patrol has to come up with some fake allegations against them of, I don't know, unprofessional conduct or using Strong rude line. language. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, these guys, so they've had for, I don't know, it's almost a year that they've had, I think since September last year, maybe they have had this hanging over their heads, their reputation smeared by the president using his bully pulpit. Um, and, and now they're still going to be punished and have, you know, 14 days of unpaid leave or some such punishment. Um, it's appalling, but this is, This is what happens to an administration that is led by someone who has a very tenuous grasp of the truth.
0: Getting back to sort of broadly the media as we begin to wrap this up, uh, and I'm speaking with Miranda, divine author of Laptop from Hell. It's a must-read book. The other part of the equation, Miranda, is that there's no question the media is, is biased. They cover up uh, for Joe Biden. They, they prop him up. But the media has no sense of perspective. They are largely unconnected with most, um, most Americans. They reside in this little bubble of their own. It's untethered to the outside world. And since their fellow reporters agree with them politically, there's no one there to suggest otherwise. They're oblivious to contrary opinions and the broad uh, feelings of most Americans uh, and, and Americans see with this with their own eyes, which is why trust in the media, according to polling data, has completely collapsed. I mean, in 1980, trust in the media was at about 70 percent. And since then, it is utterly plunged. Um, the, the media, they're their own worst enemies. They have squandered their own currency. Uh, Which is, is trust. Would you
1: agree? I do. And it's terribly damaging for democracy. You know, that's the fourth estate. Uh, How can you hold? People in power to account if uh, if there's no honest media to do so if they're just partisan partisan barracking for their own side won't investigate their own side and uh, manufacture accusations or accept manufactured accusations and publish them uh, look at the coverage the January 6 uh, hearings are getting look at the lack of uh, interest in the what was behind the 2020 riots um, that went on for months so I I, I think. Though that you know within these these organisations like the New York Times there are really good reporters still at the New York Times um, I think uh, and the Washington Post etc I just think that there is a structural problem with the media and part of it is that now social media is the kind of tail that wags the dog uh as well as comments and you know subscriptions. So just take the New York Times as an example. Um, you know, since advertising disappeared from print media, um, they've had to rely increasingly on a much less lucrative um, source of ad revenue online. But how they've made up for it is with subscriptions. Now think about If you wanted to, for a very small amount of money, have a real impact on the editorial uh, tone of the New York Times, all you would have to do is buy, I don't know, 100,000 subscriptions, 10,000 subscriptions, and that has an impact because the uh, editors are acutely aware of the sensitivities of their subscribers. And when people uh, say, I hate that columnist, I'm going to cancel my subscription. And if, if, you know, a thousand people say that, the editors take note. And it really now is dictating um, how, how stories are chosen and how timid. Journalists are because they will get not only, uh, this kind of pushback from subscribers and in the comments uh, underneath their articles, but also on social media. And, uh, we saw Barry Weiss when she left the New York Times. Um, you know, very good, I guess center left. You'd call her a journalist, but, um, uh, you know, she just said Twitter runs the newsroom and there, you know, reporters and journalists are now afraid of, um, writing stories in a fair and balanced manner because the crazed activists who now are like watchdogs on the New York Times, they feel they own the New York Times, and this goes for the the other left-wing media, but they feel they own the New York Times. So if anybody steps outside the boundary on the the preferred narratives of the radical left, they are attacked Mercilessly. I think they're even more merciless than they are on, say, New York Post, because I think they think of us as being just beyond the pale and a lost cause. But with their preferred media, you dare not go outside the lines, whether it be on abortion or transgenderism or uh, gender ideology or any, any of the sort of touchstone issues that are, um, just roiling the, the public and which are actually poisonous for the Democrats. I mean, this is part of the reason the Democrats are going to lose so badly uh, and why they've lost their way, because they're out of touch with what real people think because their preferred media is out of touch because they've been dragged to the radical left by a combination of social media and subscriptions and and all these other things that go into it with, on top of that, uh, the new breed of editor is cowardly because there are so many pressures on them, uh, and particularly from advertisers, uh, financial pressures. You know, there's, there's, uh, it's very hard to be an independent editor anymore um, because you'll lose your job very quickly if you go against the, the prevailing liberal orthodoxy.
0: Joe Biden's diminished mental acuity is on display every time he opens his mouth. He which is why he spends most of his time hiding from the media. He is the least accessible president in modern history, even though he promised to be just the opposite. His press conferences are rare. Even then, the reporters are pre-selected so that everything is very carefully choreographed. And it's because his handlers at the White House, whoever they are, have no confidence in Joe Biden's ability to communicate anything without screwing it up royally. Last Friday, perfect example. There he is. They trot him out in front of a teleprompter. All he has to do is read it. And he embarrasses himself, uh, You know, stumbling through it. He reads aloud in a Ron Burgundy moment, the cryptic instructions, end of quote, repeat line. And then he goes, and he had no clue that he did that. Because that's how out of it he is. And, you know, he, he goes on to say in all 50 straights instead <laughs> of 50 states. Then he says terminate uh, the presidency instead of terminate the pregnancy. I think it, frankly, would be a good idea to terminate his presidency. Yeah, I, mean, I I happen to think his presidency is over. He's finished. You've got the vast majority of Americans in the latest polling data saying do not run again for president. You got 64% of Democrats. He's already saying, don't run again. Under the age of 30 among Democrats, 94%. That's an astonishing number say they want somebody other than Joe Biden. He's finished, isn't he?
1: Uh, definitely those those polls. That's a New York Times siena poll, and it's only eight hundred and thirty-five people odd, I think, but um, but it's indicative of where all the other polling has gone. And that that number of ninety-four percent of Democrats under or people under thirty, uh, and sixty-four percent of Democrats not wanting him to run again, um, is. Just deadly. The reason I don't think he really wants to run again, and I'm, I'm sure Joe Biden doesn't want him to run again. Um, but the reason he's saying he wants to and will is because he doesn't want to be a lamb duck, but he already is a lamb duck just by his own, uh, stumbles and, and kind of cognitive problems. So, uh, you know, the outrage of this is that, uh, the Democrats knew his problems, uh, you know, before they nominated him and, and, and in fact forced him up into the nomination. Uh, I remember being in Iowa and New Hampshire um, back in the very early part of 2020, and um, it was obvious then to every, all the voters would, uh, you'd be in these little town halls where they'd haul in a teleprompter for Joe Biden to give the most, you know, easy stump speech that he should be able to recite in his sleep, and uh And he would be stumbling and he'd be trying to ad lib and it was awful and um, almost as bad as he is today. And and voters in these town halls would look at each other and you'd see them I'd talk to them and they'd say, oh, he's passed it, forget it. That's why he did so badly. And so the Democrats rigged the outcome, uh, knew that he was the only one who had a chance because all the other nominees were... um, so so far left and just out of uh, kilter with the, the you know the public, they couldn't have been voted so voted in. So they had this fake moderate who they hid in a basement. They knew what they were doing. They have foisted mm. this completely unsuitable man on the country. Look at the damage that's been done. I guess for them it's worth it because he has done damage. You will never be able to unwind the three million illegal migrants that have flooded over the southern border. You'll never be able to unwind uh, some of the sort of socialist economics that have, he's, he's been able to force through. Um, there's so much damage that's been done um, and it's, it, you know, irreversible. So, and if he does do what they want, if he manages to stack the Supreme Court or, you know, add uh, the other parts of the wish list, add, add a couple more states uh, to the to the um, you know and if he manages to do some sort of voting so called reform to further rig the next elections then it will all have been worth it for for them yeah. but you can see now from the negative stories coming out in democratic media publications like the new york times um that they they're done with him uh, that they are just it's uh, just a matter of time before they get rid of him they'll give him a nice send-off as long as he goes uh, quietly and they'll tell him that his legacy will be preserved which of course it won't because his legacy is disastrous he thinks he's you know that the second coming of uh, of fdr but he's really just the worst president in in living memory
0: you know i I started covering Joe Biden when I was a cub reporter in Maryland, Delaware, mm. and uh, I and I always thought that he was truly one of the dumbest people in all of Washington, <laughs> and 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 so and on that basis alone, I assumed everybody else could see his stupidity as I saw it. Um, and, you know, he was roundly mocked in Washington, especially in the Obama White House. They, they used to yeah. mock, ridicule and demean him sometimes to his, to his face. Even Obama did it. And I, I, I just thought, well, you know, he can never be elected president because he's just he's just too obtuse. And yet, um, he did, and it is one of the biggest head-scratchers in American political history. Miranda Devine, thank you so much uh, for being with us. Popular columnist for the New York Post. You can read her columns every week in the New York Post. She also penned the best-selling book, Laptop from Hell, which I highly recommend, all about uh, the Hunter Biden laptop and the dirty secrets that uh, President Biden still continues to deny and hide. Miranda, thanks for being with us.
1: Thanks so much, Greg. Great to talk to you.
0: And that's The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. Thanks for listening.